ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Hello? You play to win the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. To LeBron James! That was insane! Officially insane, LeBron James! Good morning and welcome to this edition of Claws to the Wall. I'm your host, Jordan Young, and today, I don't have any other way to say this, but we have a legend, an icon, um, a woman who did great things for the Lady Rattler basketball team back in the 90s. Um, let's just go down this amazing resume that she has. 5A High School State Championship <laughs> in 1992. Not only did she win the state championship, she was the MVP of the state championship tournament. <laughs> she was a top five recruit in 1993, and she got a scholarship to the University of Houston, where she also got freshman of the year honors there too. And she was named first team all swag in 1993 and through 1996. And she was a list on the Olympic festival team in 1994. Whoo, that <laughs> is a resume right there. So let's go ahead and get this started and let's talk to my boy, Kobe. Uh, well, so from, so for some people who don't know, this is Patricia Lucky, AKA Pat Lucky. Uh, Pat, first of all, thank you for joining us. I know you've been like very busy with your time. Uh, real quick, I just want to start off by saying, what was it like, like going like all the way to state, going the considering the fact you had to go against tough teams? Like, what was it like, like making that championship run? Um, it was it was um first of all, I'm honored to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Um, but um, thinking back then. It was it was hard because we played against some really, really tough teams, um, you know, Duncanville, Longview, you know, Duncanville is always a powerhouse. I mean, they still a powerhouse now. So um, uh, it was it was difficult. But I think what the experience was great. But what really was awesome about it was we all played together as a team. You know, um, I remember in some of those games, literally almost all the starters were in double digits. That makes a difference winning games. So, so Miss Lucky, just to speak about that championship run, what do you think was what do you think was special about that team that carried y'all through? Like, what was what what characteristics did y'all have that you think um, led to that win in nineteen ninety two? I think the characteristics that we had was um, we all had a position to play, and we all played our position. You know. No one was out of the way. We all just played the position we were supposed to play. And we all were coachable. We listened to our coach, you know, Coach Haynes, Coach Nate Haynes. I mean, you know, whatever he told us to do, we did. Um, and, you know, we believed in him. He believed in us. And I just think we just really worked together as a team. Um, you know, we always knew as a team who who the ball needs to be in the hands of at the end of the game. We knew who was going to bring the ball up. We knew who our shooters were. You know, we just we really knew each other and respected each other's position. Now, Pat, um, it's just first. It's a just an immediate pleasure to say that you're on here. You're the most talented person that's ever touched a basketball that I've ever spoke to in my life. So I'll just <laughs> say that. I don't know about them, uh, but obviously you've spent 
plenty of years on the basketball court scoring as a player, but you've also spent 15 years as a coach. Um, what, ex- mm-hmm. what, with that experience going to a state championship, how did that carry over to your coaching career? Since you've had that experience, you could coach, you know, your players to going mm-hmm. to the same links. How does that impact you as a coach? I think what impacted me um, as a coach was the fact that on on that team, you know, in the 90s in the high school, we all had different personalities, different characteristics, different backgrounds. Um, You know, each of us had different stuff going on at home. You know, it's just it's just really a plethora of everything. Right. And so it helped me as a coach because now I can coach any kid. You know, now I know if a kid comes from a rough background, I know how to handle that. If a kid comes from an affluent background, I know how to handle that. And so that's, I believe, that's what really makes me, you know, who I am today is because of all of that. We really had a very diverse team. Um, uh, Everybody came from different backgrounds, like I said. Um, Different stuff was going on in everybody. We all had different characteristics, you know. Some of us are real good in school. Some of us weren't real good in school. You know, we're just kind of barely getting by. So, I mean, I just think that um, that's what really makes me the coach that I am today is because I'm able to coach any kid. Uh, Pat, here, um, I wanted to get some words of wisdom from you. Um, I know that you've had all this experience, high school, uh, Mm -hmm. college, um, WNBA coaching, all mm-hmm. this. So I want to just crack some words of wisdom out of you for the girls that are coming up now in, in this age, you know, it's different than it was in the nineties, but yes. this age with social media, I want to get your advice mm-hmm. to, to the girls out there that are in high school, that are in middle school that, you know, want that dream, that are chasing that dream of being in the WNBA, being, you know, getting to a D one school, what would you tell them? Um, mm-hmm. you know, on on what to do in today's age and, you know, just words of wisdom and advice for them. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the first thing I would say is whatever dream you're chasing, make sure it's your dream. Make sure it's not, you're not chasing a dream for someone else. You're not chasing a dream for your parents. You're not chasing a dream because that's what everybody expects you to do. That you're chasing a dream because that's really what you want to do. You know, um, I think um, in in middle school, it's more, yeah, I like it, but my friends are playing, you know, let's just kind of play, right? Um, When you get to high school, it's a little different because, yeah, you want to play. Now you have to try out for the team. And now, you know, some girls are better, some girls are not. So you're rethinking it. Is this really what I want to do? You know, so that would be the first thing is whatever dream you're chasing, make sure it's your dream, you know, um, because you're the one who has to live it. Everyone else doesn't have to live it. And uh, to be honest, you know, all the little accolades and credentials that y'all pitched out. It was a difficult road. That road is not easy. You know, it looks easy because you're seeing me now. I'm smiling and hey, how you doing and all that type of stuff. But it was a difficult road. It was countless hours of working out. Um, It was countless hours of listening to people in the background telling you what you can and cannot do. You know, um, countless hours of of people talking about you. You know, she ain't going to make it. She's not that good. You know, that type of thing. Um, in, in games, people challenging me all the time, you know, pretty much cussing me out while I'm on the court. You know, the, the, the coaches didn't know, but, you know, the players knew, you know, they're in your ear talking, you know. So you have to combat that type of stuff and not, you know, um, retaliate. Um, so I think it's more that. Um, and the other thing is, is when you decide to chase a dream, you have to make sure that you have addressed all your problems and issues before you start chasing that dream. Because if you have not addressed your personal problems and issues before you start chasing that dream, it's going to get in the way of it. 
Miss Pat, um, I'm so glad you spoke about that, especially with the mama mentality quote behind you from Kobe Bryant. <laughs> oh, you um, see that? that? Gonna, <laughs> yes, that was going to be my next question, just about how you face adversity. So I'm really glad that you got into it. But um, in mm-hmm. your career, you have lived dreams that a lot of us grow up wanted to do if you love sports. Um, you won the state championship, and then you also got drafted to the WNBA. Tell me how draft night was for you. Like, how did that experience was? Was that so, a dream of yours? <clears throat> So it, it's crazy because the WBA started in 97. Um, I was actually playing basketball overseas during that time. I was in Priolo, Sicily, and um, I was in um, a place called Malta. Um, and I loved it there. So I was actually playing basketball overseas. Um, when I came back um, I, is when I had my son, my oldest son. I had him in 98. So, you know, I wasn't able to be in the draft or really go during that time because I was having my son. So after I had him, I went back to San Marcos. I had my son and then I started working out. Like I started like getting in the gym, working out, being around other, you know, athletes. Um, and then that's kind of how I kind of actually got back into it, you know, after I had my son. And it just so happened that with Phoenix, the coach at the time when I was there was um, Cynthia Cooper. And Cynthia Cooper was the assistant coach at U of H just for a small part of her career, probably, I don't know, a few months before she actually started going back playing professional. Um, And so she knew who I was, you know, so she was looking for me, you know, basically, like, I know this girl, I know she can play, you know, this is what I'm looking for. And so it kind of just happened like that. That's really how it happened for me. Um, you know, although I've always had the aspirations to go and, and, and to play, but that's that's really how I said I didn't um, go play professional until 2001. Well, you know, the WBA. I was playing professional before that, but the WBA. Um, you spoke about that you had children. Um, I'm just curious, how hard was it for you to get back in shape and want to go professionally after having a kid? I know that having children can change people and motherhood changes people. How was that to get that energy and that oomph again? Um, well, to be honest, I probably did something I wasn't supposed to do. Um, I was pregnant with my son and I still played basketball. I think I played until I was about five months, six months pregnant. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't supposed to, but yeah, I did. And, uh, and, um, yeah, I did. And yeah, crazy, but yeah, I did. I mean, back then I was skinny, skinny too. And, you know, it wasn't like, you know, I was gaining a whole lot of weight. So I kind of hit it very well, but yeah, I mean, I still played. Um, And then I stopped playing and then, you know, that's when I had him. But I think the hardest part is um, the mentality. It wasn't the physical part, you know, because I can always get in shape, but it was the the mental part, you know, because I knew if I went to play, he was either going to have to stay with someone for the time, you know, for a little bit before he can actually travel with me. That was the difficult part. That's, you know, what what was really, what was difficult about that. Yeah. But later he ended up coming, so it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pat, real quick. Um, so you talked about, um, you know, obviously your state championship run. Was there a difference from like when like people would show up to like to y'all's games and stuff? Was there like, like a packed house amount of people that would like show up and actually come watch y'all like do y'all's Yeah, actually, um, very different from high school, because I think as you go from high school to college and college to professional, the arenas get bigger and bigger. (laughs) So, um, you know, being able to fill the arenas was kind of amazing. I think um, 
my first real experience was when I played at the University of Houston and, you know, we had a packed house. That was like amazing, you know, like, oh my gosh, this. Okay, I'm back, I think. Uh, yes, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's just the difference of arenas. The arenas are bigger as you, you know, go further along, so. But it was great playing in a, in a in, I think uh, <laughs> at U of H, we were signing autographs all the time. I was signing autographs all the time. I, I mean, it's it's the best because everybody likes it. Like, you know, the kids like it. But as a player, can you imagine signing 200, 300, 400 autographs all the time? Yes, it was a little difficult, but, you know, it was fun for the kids. Coach, I know, you know, the saying pressure makes diamonds, right? And I just want to I just want to get into your head. What was the what when did you feel the most pressure in any of the in any of your career? Because I know um, athletes get burnt out a lot with the attention on them. Um, were there any point where you felt like you couldn't handle this anymore? And if there was a point, what got you through it? Uh, to be honest, I've never felt that way. That's my honest answer. <laughs> I've never felt pressure to play or perform. Um, I just, I love the game. So I don't think, you know, anybody can pressure me more than maybe myself, but you know, I just, I've all, I just love the game. So I was never pressured. I mean, anytime somebody was playing, I was there. I, I never felt pressured. I never felt um, intimidated, you know, by other players or I just played basketball. The Kobe yeah. Bryant quote makes even more sense now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's this it's the truth though it's really the truth I never you know I would get nervous before games sometimes you know like anytime you're going to perform you kind of get you know a little a little nervous but you know once I was on the court I, it was a wrap I, I was good you know I was good coach I wanted to ask um kind of touch it back on a previous question but um you know you being in the WNBA and it's um in its early years um and now watching it grow to where it is now, where there's a lot more, um, I would say, media attention to uh, women's basketball and especially the WNBA. I want to get your opinion on how the WNBA is grown and what they need to do, because still there is the, um, I don't know, the negative uh, media towards women's hoops and WNBA. And I just want to get your comment on that. I couldn't hear you. Can you repeat that? Yes, I can't repeat that. I'm sorry. Um, I just want to get your opinion on how the WNBA has grown. Um, you being, you know, starting in its early years, um, and how you've seen it grow to where it is now, and you know, just what the NBA, what the WNBA has done, and um, your comment on what they, what women's hoops um, can do in the future to get more media attention. Okay. Are y'all back? I'm back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think I think I heard you a little bit. You were um, saying how um, media plays a role, I guess, in WNBA and sports period with girls, with women. Yeah, kind of like that. Um, how uh, you start in the WNBA in its early years, and how you've mm -hmm. seen it grow to where it is now um, here in 2022, and just want to get your comment on you know its growth from what from when you were in it um, to mm -hmm. where it is now, and what the WNBA and I guess the media needs to do to get more attention and more um, spotlight 
on girls yeah. female hoops because it is exciting it is it is you yeah know, you, it deserves to have packed houses to be mm-hmm. on national television to have all games televised not on espn2 on main espn you know, right yeah on abc yes. primetime right. showtime right it deserves it. so i just want to get your comment on what yeah well i think i think what i think it, it's going to take time you know, to be honest with you, it's going to take time. You know, the NBA has been around for a long time. Um, you know, NFL has been around for a long time. Baseball, MLB has been around for a long time. So, you know, we have a lot of catching up to do on top of it being a women's sport, you know, so it's like, you know, it hasn't been, you know, going on for a long time. And then it's a woman's sport, you know, um, so it's just going to take time. I think it's just going to take time and uh, time and patience and and just keep pushing, you know, keep pushing. Um, the other thing is, though, is that um, when the when the WNBA first began, it was a lot of NBA teams that were helping, you know, that, you know, were helping along the way. And after a while, a lot of those um, NBA teams kind of was like, OK, y'all are on your own. You know, now y'all are up and running, you know, do your thing, um, which is good. And I think it's great. But, it, you know, it's it's difficult. It's hard. I think it's just a, it's a rough road. Um, we just got to keep pushing. I know they've taken out some teams from the WNBA. They've added some teams. You know, Dallas has a team now, which is great. Um, San Antonio used to have a team, don't have one anymore. Houston used to have a team, don't have one anymore, you know. But Breaks Dallas does have a team. <laughs> you know, uh, it also deals with finances, too. You know, a lot of it has to deal with money. A lot of it has to deal with finances. Um, each team has to be able to take care of their finances. Real talk, you know, if you can't take care of your finances, you can't get people to come out to the games, you just don't get money. I mean, it's just, you know, you know, get out in the community, get people to come out, get people to buy in. I think that's the hardest thing is to get people to buy in. But the other thing is, is as far as um, media attention and, and um, being on uh, ESPN and all that, well, you have so many sports, you know, there's really no room for WNBA to get any media attention besides during the summertime because that's when everybody else is pretty much off, you know, and the summertime is what, three months, uh, you know, sometimes four, you know, give or take. So it's it's hard. I mean, it's it's, it's hard. You know, we just got to keep pushing and you know, keep working and keep working. Maybe, you know, you guys can come up with a channel on your own, you know, come up with a channel. That's it. We got to get some creativity here, you know, come up with something. But that's a good question. Now, Pat, I, I'm asking a question I think a lot of people are wondering. You know, you're okay. someone that's went 30, you've had 30 games for U of H, 20 more points. You had nine games of scoring more than 30 points. You hold their <laughs> most points ever scored of 43. Um, and many people, you know, many young men going in the league today, you know, they look up to Kobe Bryant. A lot of young ladies going in WNBA, they look at Candace Parker, they look at Sue Bird. I am wondering, and I think many people are wondering, who inspired you to pick up a basketball? Was it family? Was it an inspiration you saw on the TV? Was it a game you saw as a child? Who got you to hoop? Because whoever did, did us a blessing because you were amazing. I guess I want to know. <laughs> oh, man. So if I can, I'm going to be real honest. There was no one that I necessarily looked up to. I did watch the Bulls all the time on TV. I watched the Bulls. That's who I always watched growing up. You know, I was a Bulls fan and I went even from Chicago, didn't know anything about nothing, you know, but I just, I really, I, I love the Bulls. I love the way Jordan played. I love the way Pippen played. I mean, I just loved it, you know? Um, and I guess, you know, just from watching, maybe I kind of started liking that, but I have a brother, my older brother, his name is Calvin, Calvin Walker. He's from San Marcos. Everybody kind of knows him, but um, him and his friend, his best friend, Greg Thompson, 
you used to walk around the tracks. We used to live on Haines Street. I don't know if y'all know where Haines Street is, but where Haines Street is, the, the railroad tracks is right behind Haines Street. And then you can walk across and literally go to um, some outside courts way over there. I mean, they built up San Marcos so much. But so my brother and, and his friend used to walk the train tracks from Haines Street all the way to Travis Elementary. And at Travis, there was some outside courts over there. And I never could go with them, but I would sneak off and try to follow them. So I'm walking on the train tracks with them as they're going with their basketballs and they're going, you know, to play. Um, and, you know, they used to turn around, throw rocks, pat, go back home. You don't need to be over here. You know, that type of thing. I'm going to tell mom, you know, <laughs> but I would still go behind them anyway. So I would watch them play. I'd watch them play games and talk noise to each other and you know, every time the ball went to the field, I'd be the one to go run and get it, you know, and, and, and throw it back. So I would say, you know, perhaps my brother was really an inspiration, you know, because if it wasn't for him going and playing basketball, I probably never would have even known, you know, what anything was about basketball. You know, I mean, they picked on me, but so but in my mind, I was like, I'm gonna be better than them. I didn't know anything about basketball. I was just saying it because they were being mean. But, you know, I became better than them. You know, hey, you I did. became better than them. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, before we get you out of here, I just want to see, have you kept up with San Marcos girls basketball at all recently? So I used to keep up with San Marcos girls basketball a lot. Um, they, I remember, oh my gosh, it's so many ages ago. I think a young lady, her name was Victoria. She was really good. I think back then they really could have, um, they really were in the running for the playoffs and going to state, you know, but they didn't. Um, some other teams along the way, um, I know a young lady that played, her last name is Phillips. I can't remember her first name, but her dad's name is Craig Phillips and we went to school together. So that's kind of how I kind of, you know, kept up with her. But um, as far as now, I know that um, I want to say the young lady's name is, uh, what is her name? Dee Dee, Dee something and, and, and um, uh, something Hernandez. What is her name? V something, V Hernandez. Cause I've seen her name a lot too. But they're like the top scorers. I think they're seniors right now. Um, you know, they were they're doing pretty well. Um, last night, the last night's game, I was supposed to go to the game, but I ended up not going to the game because my daughter was running track and she had some scouts coming out to watch her. And um, so I didn't go. But I heard there was a fight at the game. I was like, oh my gosh, there was a fight at the game. Like, I mean, but I hear this all the time because I'm in the Houston area. So I mean. There's always some type of something going on in the game, but it just really surprised me like, oh, my gosh, you know, and I start to feel kind of, um, you know, how you get kind of prideful, you know what I mean? Don't be fighting in the snake pit. What are y'all doing? You know, <laughs> you know, don't be don't be fighting in San Marcos. Y'all y'all doing this all wrong. But yeah, so I heard it was a fight. I don't know, you know, what happened or the ins and outs of it. Um, but that's the only thing I heard that they ended the game, I think, five minutes into the fourth quarter or something. Or four minutes, yeah, into the fourth quarter. So I don't know what happened or who it was. And I've seen all these, I see all these pictures and I'm like, oh my God, and, you know, these girls look really mad. They look angry, you know? So it's, it's, uh, yeah, I see it all the time. I, I don't know why that is, but it, the, they need to stop the fighting. Like, really, I don't know what that's about, but, you know, hey, if you're getting paid, it might be worth fighting. But, you know, <laughs> you're not getting paid. So, <laughs> 
you definitely never want to see a, a basketball game in like that. But coach, I would be remiss if I did not ask you about your daughter. You said that she had scouts coming to watch her. What events is she doing? And so what, what she does it. She does a three hundred hurdles and she runs a two hundred. And um, she uh, does the mile and the mile relay. Well, not the mile, but the mile relay and the the quarter. She she does the quarter. I mean, she's an athlete. You know, she plays volleyball. She runs track. However, she does not play basketball. Yeah. She does not play basketball. I'm a little hurt by that. I'm a little hurt. <laughs> I'm a little hurt. Yeah. But she doesn't play basketball. Um, she does volleyball and track. Track is really her thing. She wants to go to University of Kentucky. That's like her dream school. And I'm telling her, like, whatever, you got to work harder. And your work ethic ain't good. You know, I'm, I'm an athlete, so I'm like, I don't see it. <laughs> but, you know, the, that's where she wants to go. Um, so they had track practice uh, last night. And, you know, there weren't supposed to be scouts there, but, but you know, I know people and they kind of call me and say, hey, we're going to stop by and look at some people, you know. So it was kind of like that. I just kind of want to be around so I can see, you know how they going about doing a business. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, other than that, yeah, I mean, I have, I actually have four kids. So my oldest son is in Austin. Um, his name is Kevin. He's married and has a daughter. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a grandma. Mm -hmm. She's uh, seven months old. So I'm a grandma. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gigi is what they call me. Gigi. I'm Gigi. And I have a set of twin boys, um, Isaiah and Malachi. They're both 18. One is at Arizona State University. Um, he plays tennis and um, my other twin is actually, he's actually applying for University of Houston because he took off a year and now he's like, I want to go to U of H. I'm like, okay, you, know, you sure you want to go to University of Houston? You know, you sure you got what it, what, what it takes, <laughs> but he's applying for U of H in the fall. And, uh, but right now he's actually working with my brother in Corpus, my older brother, Calvin in Corpus. And then it's just my daughter and I at home. So, you know, we live in the life. I'm living the life because they're all out the house. So, you know, this is this is great for me. <laughs> I'm living the life. I mean, I don't have to cook every day. It's just wonderful. You know, my daughter eats like a bird. So, hey, just, you know, she's a, you know, she's the Internet baby. Y'all know what I mean, right? Like, yeah, yeah let's yeah. Uh, I could just order something, mom. Order. You're just going to order a burger. Who orders a burger? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so she's like, oh, I can just order from Whataburger. I can just order from Chick-fil-A. And I'm like, girl, you, what's wrong with you? Five dollars each time, right? You know, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they, they do the other feed. And it's like, well, dang, a five dollar burger now costs fifteen dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, what, yeah. But you know. That's who she is. So I'm like, hey, go ahead, because I'm not cooking today. So you go ahead and get your little burger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those delivery fees on DoorDash and all those as be no joke, like you man, said, that five dollar burger will be twenty one dollars by I'm the end. I'm telling you, I was like, man, it, it'll make you want to get up and make yeah. your own burger. <laughs> so it will make you want to just go in there and go eat a sandwich. <laughs> Well, Miss Miss Lucky, we are honored and we were so glad that you joined us this morning. Yes, um, it was a pleasure. Like Justin said, you probably might, you actually not probably, you are the most talented person I've ever spoken to who has <laughs> graced a basketball court. So I am so thankful that you um, blessed of us course. with your presence this morning. Of course. Absolutely. So when are we going to, you know, are we all going to hang out one day or what? You going to go Hell eat somewhere? Yeah. I mean, because, you know, the square in San Marcos has, you know, that hey. going on down there. Let's you know, do I mean, it. Let's do square, it. Let's like, set it up. When I went to the square, 
we were all square. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's not like that no more. <laughs> Look, my 21st birthday is next week, so you know we. Well, whose birthday's next week? Mine. What? Oh, oh okay, yeah. we gotta oh, you know Okay, you so know this is yeah. no, I'm serious. You guys have to email me a time and place, and I will be there. I'm so serious. Oh yes, let's do it. We gotta set it up. I'm serious, and all of y'all, y'all better be there too. Don't I give promise. me no I can't make it type stuff. Cross <laughs> my heart. Cross my heart. Never. Okay, so so please email me or text me, Jordan. You guys, Kobe, y'all have my number. Um, text me. I'm serious. I will show up and I will be there. And oh, we'll have man. a good time. Right. We'll have a great time. Amen. I love it. And right. I guess I'll pay for everything since it's your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> also, we're in college. We ain't got a lot of money. You know. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know. So, I, you know, I help y'all out, you know. Since y'all are in school, maybe I'll give y'all a little, you know, gift bag or something. You know, oh. I do something. I'm oh, serious, man. though. Seriously. I'm I'm serious, okay? You guys have my word. Seriously. Yes, email yes, me. Yes, let me know what time, what day, next week. Don't make it, like, two or three weeks out because I'm going to be like, I can't do it. Just, you know. <laughs> Let's make it next week, maybe next weekend or something. And um, I'll be there. Seriously, I'll be there. Awesome. Love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, uh, Oh, I'm bad. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? My laptop just completely shut down. I was panicking, but I'm so glad the co-host, the host switched. Uh, Right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This technology is good, you know. Oh, you know, just so y'all know, I'm actually working on opening a school. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yes, okay. Um, an, in, an independent private school. Um, oh, wow. I'm actually wanting to do one in the San Marcos area. I haven't found the location just yet, but um, I'm, I'm working on that right now. I'm wanting it's going to have like two pathways of study. You're either okay. going to be studying sports and performing arts or sports and STEM. Oh, so, wow. So, that's fantastic. Breaking news awesome. here on the podcast. Breaking yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Breaking news. So y'all are the first to know this. I have not let everybody know. Oh, so you wow. guys are special. Honor, yeah. Thank honor. you for letting us oh, in on the scoop. Honor, yes, that that's honor. the scoop. That's the scoop. So I'm working on it. <laughs> well, when that becomes more official, please come back on here so we can talk oh, about it a little bit more. Of course. Oh, yeah. Of course. I definitely will. So the name of the school is KPSE. Kingdom Prep School of Excellence. Kingdom Prep School of Excellence. Excellence. I mean, it's fitting, fitting for a career. (laughs) 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 Yep. So you guys will be first to know. I look forward to hanging out with y'all next week. Seriously. Come on, Jordan, Kobe. Y'all better get on that that phone. Let me know what y'all want to do. do Seriously. I will. I will. All right. Okay, guys. Thank y'all so much. Bye. It was just Thank you, Miss Pat. Bye. Have guys. a good one. Thank you, Miss right. Pat. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Pat.
All right, y'all. We just had our interview with the legend, the icon, Pat Lucky. She also just gave us a scoop on her new school that will be coming to San Marcos, um, Kingdom Prep Academy, Kingdom Prep Academy of Excellence. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, but I hope you got. Okay. Uh, I hope you guys really enjoyed that interview. But let's head on to the next portion of our show. And that's the NBA trade going on right now. Y'all, the NBA, you'd always know that when the trade deadline comes up, when free agency comes up, the NBA is going to have some major splashes. And we had trades between the Indiana Pacers and Sacramento. We had C.J. McCollum go to the Pelicans. Um, Harden and Simmons trade is still in the books, no matter what um, Steve Nash might say. So you guys, tell us what trades shocked you the most. And do you see anything else happening before the 3 p.m. deadline today or tomorrow? I'd say the most surprising trade and the most impactful trade that we've seen so far. And I think all the NBA players and NBA officials would agree. And that's what Indiana and the Kings just did. Sacramento Kings and the Indiana Pacers just did a huge personnel swap. They gave away the Indiana Pacers gave away their all-star DeMontis Sabonis. They gave away Justin holiday and they gave away Jeremy lamb. And in return, they received Tyrese Halliburton, buddy healed and Tristan Thompson. Um, that is a huge trade. One of the most impactful ones I think we'll see by Thursday and um, by the deadline. And it's just, wow, this, this young guard tandem going to the Pacers provides a lot of opportunity for this team to grow. I mean, Tyrese is a great three-point shooter. He got Buddy Heald. He's hold records for the past three years in three-point percentage. Tristan Thompson is a big man to try and replace Sabonis. But it's also going to be excited to watch the Kings. you got DeMontis Sabonis now. Davion Mitchell, young guard from Baylor. He's been there for a while. He's improving. Justin Holiday as well. I'm just really excited to see this team, these both of these teams. This trade was good for both, I honestly believe. I don't think there was a loser to this trade. That was a good trade. Uh, the trade that I was really interested in was C.J. McCollum. Oh, yeah. Because to me, yeah. I think that's the end of an era. Um, the Port, the Portland Trailblazers, they tried for so many seasons to make C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard work to um, get over that hump. And through other, you know, different reasons, injuries, sometimes, you know, one of the guys wouldn't be there, um, coach swaps, you know, they could never get over that hump. So it's, to me, it's sad to see that go because you know how close they are. Uh, but, you know, they had they just got Chauncey Billups as their new head coach. And to me, I think it was time for him to be able to reshape the roster the way he wants to see it and to be able to have um, the personnel on his bench that fit the schemes and the way that he wants to run that team. So although it is sad to see C.J. McCollum have to go to the Pelicans, I do think it was an important first step to um, get the Portland Trailblazers back to where they want to be. Yeah, I agree. Cause I was, I, as I was watching the trade happen, I was like, is this really the end of like the Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum era, as far as like the two like big stars in, in Portland. And I was, I was kind of surprised because I honestly really thought that they were honestly going to make at least maybe a few more runs. I know they haven't like reached as far as the finals go, but I mean, they've had, you know, chances to get there. It's just that they just haven't had like any help, like say like on the bench or, you know, just in the starting lineup. So I honestly thought they were going to maybe have one more shot and just add more players. But I mean, you know, the NBA is the NBA. You got to go to the better team. So yeah, that's kind of, that was the stutter for me, honestly. Yeah, I totally agree with all y'all's opinions, but I also want to highlight the players that aren't the blockbuster traits, the players that get traded you know, they're in the packages, but no one talks about them. I want to talk about Josh Hart real quick. Josh Hart is a solid player, a solid player with he, the time that he spent with the Lakers and the time that he put in with the Pelicans and, you know, him going to Portland, that's going to be 
that's gonna be good to see. I mean, it's an end of an era, and I'm sad to see it. Um, but Josh Hart, uh, complimenting uh, Damian Lillard, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see, and I'm definitely excited to see that. Also, Larry Nance Jr. Also, um, he's a good player. He had a uh, time playing with LeBron in Cleveland. I think he also spent time in LA. He's been around the league, you know, bouncing from team to team. But he's a solid player, and I think that's a good pickup also. And back to you know what Justin's saying with the Pacers and um, I believe the Kings. Uh, Ty- Tyrese Halliburton is a solid pickup. Buddy Heald, I I remember his days at uh, Oklahoma. Holy, holy crap! That guy could shoot. That guy is a hooper. And when he got drafted, I was excited to see it. And, you know, we don't talk about Buddy Heald a lot. He's not in, you know, the the main media, the mainstream. But he's a solid player. He's put on good performances. And I think he's going to do great uh, things for the Indiana Pacers. And I just love to see love to see what, what happened yesterday and excited to see what's going to happen today and by tomorrow, by the deadline. It's going to be exciting. I pray to God my Spurs make a good move. But, you know, they never do. <laughs> but I'm praying. <laughs> but yeah, probably you know, I, Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was going to say, you know, you said uh, Buddy Hill isn't in mainstream media. He's not always out there. You know what media ecosystem he is in? The Lakers. Because Rob Palenka could have had him and traded him to yeah. my Lakers, and he <laughs> didn't. And I know, I don't know if you guys saw that post-game interview with LeBron yesterday where one of the reporters asked him, do you think your team has it? Can you get there? And we seen, so we saw LeBron do something he never does. He said, no, I don't think we have it. And um, a lot of – and. A lot of people are seeing it as he's trying to tell the front office to make a trade now. Now, there are a lot of teams who are going to take Russell Westbrook right now at that point. Um, I think the one trade they probably can make will be for John Wall. And would John Wall be adding a lot to the Lakers? Probably not. But in that case, I think it's addition by subtraction because Russell Westbrook just is not the guy he is um, anymore or that he was back in the day. He's not breaking three-pointers. He's not breaking mid um, mid um, mid floor jump shots or anything. He is missing close to the basket layups at some points. Mm-hmm. He is close to the basket and he's hitting it off the rim or he's hitting it off the side of yeah. the, um, off the goal post. Like he's just not that guy anymore. And I think if the Lakers want to take that, that next step, like they did back in the bubble, they're going to have to find a way to get him off the team. Yeah. I, I think what LeBron was trying to say, it's not always just about the, you know, the, the, the management team he's not telling them like you know we don't have it just like that but he's also you know he is the role model for every player on that team he mm-hmm. has been the head of this league for a long time and if the head of the league is on your team and he says no we don't got it that's telling every player to get their butt in the gym and grind with him if they want a chance to win and also i'd love we were talking about the trailblazers and you know cj mccollum and the pelicans and a lot of people are overlooking this trade that just happened on the fourth um but we actually have the Blazers receiving Eric Bledsoe from the Clippers as well. And that man's averaging 10 points a game. And then you combine that with uh, Josh Hart's 13.3 points per game. And they're combining for 23.3 points per game. They're, they're younger players. Um, they're doing good. Josh Hart is an amazing, he can get a bucket anywhere. It can be mid-range three-point drive. He's a great player. He has great speed. Eric Bledsoe is a great facilitator. So I see three guards running this team. And I see Chauncey Billups, a previous guard himself, that may be able to put new light on this. And I personally believe the Pelicans, um, they're getting CJ McCollum, they're getting Larry Nance. Um, but until you have Zion, man, I'm sorry, your team isn't going to perform. 
the Pelicans are trying anything they can right now to get some offense going, maybe to uh, see how what they can do. They're basically practicing now. This season, they know they're not going to win anything. This is an opportunity to practice an offense, practice how these players can have chemistry, and they're going to carry that on into the offseason. But until Zion stops eating Doritos and Mountain Dew, you know, he ain't going to be able to be on the court. Oh, um, Sorry, I don't know if you've seen his ads. He's just sitting there on the couch with oh. eating Doritos and Mountain Dew. Shots fired. Fine. And, yeah, I'm just saying it, and I think a lot of the NBA is saying it. You are a performer. You are a number one draft pick. Many people put you on T-shirts. True. They put you on shoes. They had – you blew out some Air Maxes. Hey no. Hey, I need to chill. I need to chill. But um <laughs> no, um, I'm really excited to see what this trade deadline is gonna hold. We are gonna see another trade probably go down today, and we're gonna see mm-hmm. one go down tomorrow before it ends at 3 p.m. So um just very excited. Um excited to see what you know, Daryl Morey obviously wants James Harden. Daryl Morey was the the you know the the manager of this team down in Houston back in the day with the Rockets, he left over to, uh, he left to Philadelphia and now he wants James Harden there because he knows James Harden can have a great connection. Of course, James Harden knows that. And I want to see what Daryl Morey can throw at the nets to try and get it. But um, I think it's, I don't know if it's going to happen. I really don't think it's going to happen. That's a huge big three you're splitting apart. And I don't know if Steve Nash really wants that to happen. And Steve Nash may be really mad if it does happen. He may be really upset with upper management, but yeah. Um, very exciting trade deadlines, very exciting trades. I love this league. It's constantly changing, and uh, that's what makes it so good. Well, look, we always know when trade deadlines are coming around, like I said earlier, that the NBA is going to provide us some interesting stories. And again, so far, this trade deadline, they have not failed again. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed our interview with Pat Lucky. Um, I hope you enjoyed this little blurb of NBA talk we had. You can catch this episode Thursday at 9 o'clock. And you can catch a new crew of Claws to the Wall on Monday. Um, the new crew will include Justin, Kobe, and Isaiah, and just a new uh, KTSW staff member every week. You guys have heard their voices. You love their voices. And now you're going to hear them every Tuesday and Thursday from here on out. So thank you again for listening to this edition of Claws to the Wall. I'm your host, Jordan Young, and have a good day. Bye.